0: Um, so, uh, I really don't have that much time now because we aim to finish this meeting, uh, by noon and, uh, but let me, uh, continue. Uh, in this second session, I wanted to, um, bring our fellowship down to a more practical level. When I say that uh, the need today, let's talk about, not talk about everyone else, let's talk about just the Lord's recovery today. And let's be even more specific. uh, That is the church life, the churches in Northern California today. What does it mean for us to... Be an overcomer um, what, what just what does that mean? Well, I think generally we all know what that means, and that is when God's people and the condition of the church has become subpar, that has fallen below and sometimes very much below. God's requirement, God's expectation, God's ordination. There needs to be those who rise up in that situation of degradation and failure to what? To not to a super level, but back to the original level. And I I keep saying this is the spirit and the principle of the Lord's recovery it is not we're not in the recovery to be super christians we're in the recovery to be normal christians but normal not according to the world to this age nor uh, including christianity for sure but normal according to god's word normal according to what god desires because even in god's word his people failed again and again, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And so today, in this situation, inside, in the context of the Lord's recovery, there is also the possibility, in fact, it happens, that even the recovery is not up to the standard. Not up to the standard. And so... Even in the church life today, there is a constant need for overcoming, for the call to overcome, for overcomers. To stand in the breach, to stand in the gap, to take the right position, to shoulder the responsibility that the church is not bearing. Where the general church failed God, and it has failed God for 2,000 years, these last 2,000 years, God's move were only maintained because there were overcomers raised up in various ages. And these faithful ones brought God's, the church, onwards. Not the church in general. The church in general failed, is in apostasy. As I said, mentioned already, it is Thyatira, it is um, um, Sardis, and it is Laodicea. And in those situations, Christ, the pneumatic Christ, the one with the seven spirits, called for overcomers, he who will overcome. And by the way, this Christ that is revealed in the book of Revelation. Written by John, who saw these visions, this one is the one with the seven spirits and the seven stars in his right hand, amongst other things. In fact, I would even say this son of man who is walking in the midst of the golden lampstands has changed from uh, being a lamb or a little uh, a little lamb of God who died on the cross silently, compliantly. No, here in the book of uh, Revelation, while he is still the Lamb of God who was who is freshly slain, he is the Lion of the tribe of, of Judah. He is the Lion Lamb. And if you read the description of this one, in chapter 1, the Son of Man walking in the midst of the golden lampstands, his feet was burning. His eyes were piercing with fire. His Out of his mouth comes a two-edged sword. And his hair is white like wool. I mean, what is this? This is the Christ in Revelation. It's a different Christ. It's a Christ who is there to intensify the churches. To what? To gain the overcomers. The churches fail already, as I said. But he's there to call the overcomers, and he called those overcomers as such a son of man. And with the seven spirits of God, which is not seven different spirits, but the spirit intensified sevenfold. Because the overcomers need that. They cannot overcome by themselves or they cannot overcome with an ordinary experience of the spirit. They need the spirit ratchet up seven times in order for them to overcome in this dark age, amidst this degradation, the seven spirits of to intensify God's believers, those in his church, to overcome the age that that church was in. And today we're in an age where all these, what? The last four churches in Revelation still are in existence. So we have to overcome the Catholic Church. We have to overcome the Protestant churches. We even have to overcome the degraded, recovered church, which we could become, by the way, not just the British brethren, as Watchman Nepost suggested that Philadelphia would be fulfilled by them, even we. And so Christ today is his work as the seven spirits is intensifying us. And thank the Lord, we have the seven spirits to overcome. But those seven spirits will only work if there's an opening, if there is a cooperation, uh, I may say, with if there is a decision made in this way, Lord, I will overcome. Lord, I make a plan to live as an overcomer today. I tell you, that opens the door. For the seven spirits to work, to intensify you. Now, let's come to the point. What is the main thing? What is the practical thing today? What is the sign, if you will? What is the experience of overcoming today? What is it to become what? A what? to be like the sun that shines in his strength? What is it to be Joshua and Caleb? What is it to be Barak and um, Deborah? What, what what, What does it mean? Well, I will boil it down to a very, very simple terms, following the speaking, much speaking, by our dear brother, Lee, in the last phase of his ministry. And he said this over and over again. they different things, but the main need he set in the recovery today, especially speaking to us in the USA, the churches, is vitality. Vitality. That means what? That means a kind of condition, a state of being living, a state of livingness. Vitality, brothers and sisters, is a state, is a condition. Vitality is not just a one-time experience. It's not a Pentecostal, the spirit-fall-on-you experience. It's a state that you're in. It's a state you maintain. it's, It's a condition that you exist in as a believer, as a Christian, as a brother and sister in the church. That is the main need today. And that is the way we overcome. And that is the life of an overcomer. So back in 1993, when summertime when Brother Lee gave the life study of these three books, he was, he, he was at the time deeply burdened with what he called vital groups. Now, I'm not going to get into vital groups. I'm just talking about vitality, that vital condition that overcoming condition of the believers of us at that time at that time he was speaking very much and he started the vital group training in the fall of 1992 and he ended the first training of the vital groups in 1993 spring, all right? After that, we have the Thanksgiving conference in Anaheim in the Hilton Hotel. Some of you might have been there. And that summer, we had the training, life study on Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. And after that, in the fall of that year, '93. He began the second series of training on the overcomers that lasted four months into December. And today you have that book, the practice of the vital groups, something like this, the urgent practice uh, of the vital groups. Anyway, it's there. And if you read that book, you will find his speaking along these lines of being vitalized. Now, brothers and sisters, today, many years later, this is what, almost 30 years later, not quite. I dare say the need in the recovery has not changed. The need among us is for vitality. Today we have even more truths. All right? And thank the Lord for the seven feasts. Thank the Lord for all the riches that have been we have inherited. We've no problem there. The Lord's recovery is rich to the uttermost. But what is short is not that. What is short is the vitality of the saints. We don't have the necessary vitality to work out these truths, to work out, to live out these things, and to carry on and to overcome the current situation. What situation? Mainly these two things deadness, the deadness of Sardis, and number two, the lukewarmness, the lukewarmness of Laodicea. And Brother Lee actually, I think, added one more thing to complete his list of three enemies, and that is barrenness, the inability, the condition of impotence in bearing fruit, in gaining increase for the Lord's recovery. And this spills over into many areas of our church life, our meeting life, our serving life, our gospel life, our shepherding life. All would depend on whether there is a group of saints in that church who are truly vital. They're not just vitalized temporarily, just jumping up and down for a few, for a week. They live in a condition of vitality. And a few things I want to help you in this matter of being vital. Of course, these things might have been spoken before, but i like to say something today. I already mentioned to you, even in the last session, the first thing is spend time with the Lord to make decisions to make your decision, and that's not just one time. You need to make that decision again and again and again. Not just a decision, but uh, 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 searchings. That means to devise a plan, right? A plan that you will live out that decision in the coming days and years. I call this... Kingdom first. Maybe we should have a website called kingdomfirst.com. All right. That simply is from that chap- chapter six of uh, Matthew, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. The whole point there is that we don't need those things, these things, or that these things are wrong and sinful. No but it's a matter of priority. The decision here is priority. What is the priority of my life? Is it to be an overcoming of Christ, overcomer of Christ, of God, or is it just to live this life on the earth successfully with the good kids and, you know, good job, financial independence and, a uh, nice life. What is the priority? And no wonder, Brother Lee. In that, I, and I read to you already last Lord's Day in the third paragraph in this uh, these outlines in the recent this recent crystallization study training, where he say it's no longer adequate for us just to be a good brother, a good sister, go to the meeting, uh, do a job, and be a nice person. Uh, and, and, and call it a day. He said, that's good. That's nothing wrong. Wonderful. But that is inadequate to what? To meet the God's int- the need of God today. God today needs a group of people who would join him to write his history or this chapter of his history on the earth. So we need one's So he is there, what? He is the energizing God. I use the word intensifying spirit to what? To energize us to live, to become living and active to in him, with him, by him and for him to work out his interest and also to meet the need of his people of humanity. So, so that that's what it means. That's what it means, kingdom first. Kingdom first is not just I'm for the church life. Kingdom first is I will be an overcomer in the church life. I will live in an overcoming way. That's just my life. That's how I order it. That's how I plan it. I made that decision. And it what? Trickle down to all my priorities in life. I still have to be a responsible person. I just need to take care of my family. I need to take care of my children. I need to take care of many things. I don't mean we should not be responsible, just sit there and wait for Christ Jesus to come. I don't mean that. But while we are doing these as working saints, there is a clear priority. And once that priority is made, Then we can now talk about being vital. So the first thing is that decision and that searching, that plan that we have to make before the Lord. And I still ask you to do that, brothers and sisters. I don't know how a Christian who loves the Lord, who's for the Lord's purpose, would not do that. It doesn't work that way. You, you you pursue a career. You have to make a decision, and you have to have a plan. Am I right? This is this is logic. And the same thing for God's interest in the spiritual realm. Why, how can we succeed if we don't do that? So I ask you, in these coming how many weeks, 6, 12 weeks in this period of time, not just this afternoon not just this coming week but spend the time before the lord to make those decisions and devise that plan and those plans may change and may need to be adjusted and we adjust it by going to the lord time and time again now the next thing i can i will tell you concerning this matter of um being vital is you have to be ready to pay a price. Yes, I did say that. I'm not here to scare you, but I'm here. I must tell you the truth because I'm here calling you on behalf of the Lord to go this way. My experience. Many others experience the Lord's Word. If we're not ready to pay the price, we cannot be an overcomer. Let me give an example. Now, I don't have the time to get into it, but in maybe next two weeks from now. And that is the third couple. The third couple, who is that? That's Ruth and Boaz, right? Ruth and Boaz. I just want to be here to talk about Ruth. Talk about Ruth. And so, you know the story of Ruth. You know when when does that story happen? It happened actually in the first stage of the Judges, the book in Judges. It happened during the time of the Judges, in the beginning. For those few hundred years or something like that. While the book of Judges is what Brotherly would call a time of, uh, what, what, what did he say? Um, I, I'll just read it. Judges is a book of Israel's miserable history dark and foul. He used the word foul, the smell. It's putrid. It's foul. It's odious. Ruth is the record of a couple's excellent story, bright and aromatic. The main character in this story, Ruth, is like a lily growing out of brambles, and a bright star in the dark night. Now, to come to my point concerning Ruth, that overcomer, that Moabite overcomer, can you, can you believe a Moabitus became an overcomer because of her decision? And let me tell you her decision. Her decision is not just a decision. Her decision was a pledge, not just a pledge. Her decision was an oath. No, more than an oath. Her decision was a vow. She swore almost to this. Listen to her decision. She told, Naomi, her mother-in-law, do not entreat me to leave you and turn away from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you dwell, I will dwell, and your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. Jehovah. Do so to me, and more as well he's he's she's swearing here if anything but death parts me from you now talk about a decision you know you know um, she actually fulfill even sort of the Lord's word in the New Testament. He said, the Lord says, if anyone who want to follow after me, you have to what? Deny and leave your father, your mother, your brothers, your sisters, your children to follow me. I deserve that kind of following. The Lord said that. Am I right? This is in the gospels. She did that. In one vow, She what? She gave up her citizenship, so to speak. She gave up her status. She gave up her family. She must have her own parents. She must have her own uh, cousins. She gave that up. She must, she may have brothers and sisters in Moab. She. I'm going to leave. I'm leaving them. I'm following you, mother-in-law, Naomi because Naomi evidently has been talking to her about Jehovah blessing his people what the Israel Israel was or what the Israelites were what God's promise was were and she was drawn to that and she did decided that and she said from now on until death i'm going to go with you don't tell me to leave you anymore my goodness my goodness. This is what I mean by paying the price. Dear brothers and sisters, in my experience, all these fifty some years in the Lord's recovery, church life, all my overcoming, all my advance, all my going on, the all comes with a all came. With a price that I have to pay. Different times, different price. Sometimes bigger, sometimes smaller. Sometimes things more dear to my heart, sometimes not as much. But every step, there's a price. Seek first the kingdom, there's a price. Some may say, don't talk about price, because when you talk about price, no one will follow the Lord. It's so hard. No, that's not true. History tells us there are many who will not follow, who will not follow that young man. He couldn't give up what he had, and he wouldn't follow. But there are always those who will follow Those are the overcomers. They pay the price. 500 saw the Lord after he resurrected. But only 120 prayed in that upper room. That's a price to pay. Dear brothers and sisters, we need to pay the price not just to be in the church life. We need to pay the price to be vital. Vitality comes with a price. You have to do certain things. You have to not do certain things to be vital. It's a struggle. This 50-some years in my life, others can testify, has been a daily struggle. And Why would I struggle? I, I can just go and have a wonderful, easy life. At my age now I should be my right on some island sipping whatever. What what's going on here? I'm still paying a price today. That price is to be vital, to be living and active, to carry out the Lord's interest today on the earth, which I'm a part of and i don't feel i have fully fulfilled my duty i'm still in quote quote afghanistan you understand what i'm saying i'm still in iraq i'm still in syria whatever because the war is not over yet and i pay that price to be not passive i i refuse to be Uh, A deactivated military person. You know, this time some who have uh, been discharged want to go back. You know what I mean? Some of these military uh, personnel. Now, as long as I have breath, as long as the Lord gives me the health and the situation, I'm not done. I'm still paying the price, kingdom first. I'm here to be living and active with the saints. So the Lord's recovery can forge onward. His interest can be carried out. I'm still doing that. And brothers and sisters, we should be ready to do that. To tell you there's no price paying is a lie. But what is the price exactly? Only the Lord will tell you. That's part of the searching. That's part of the searching. You have to transact with the Lord. Let him tell you. The Lord told me in different stages, very, very clearly, this, 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 and this. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's with tears. Sometimes it's with great uh, con Inconvenience. Sometimes it is the what? Forsaking of this or that. The abandoning of this or that in my plan so that I can follow his leading and footsteps. I don't know what that is, but you must be ready to do that when you make the decision. When you say, Lord, I will follow you. Lord, I will be living and active saint in the church no matter what. Even no matter how other saints are, I will be living and active. Let me quote you one word, brotherly say. It's quite, quite enlightening and startling, it has a startling effect on me. He said, <clears throat> To be vital or to stay vital exhausts you, exhausts you. So you think you're going to kind of a walk in the park to be living and vital? No. No. It's not easy to be vital. And it's harder to stay vital. He said it exhausts your being to remain vital. And I, I say a big amen to that. But what can I do? I made the decision to to take this way, and I'm going all the way. I'm not going to go halfway, and that's it. So I have no choice. But I would like to add this important footnote. That is when we pay the price to be vital, to be living and active, to overcome deadness, lukewarmness, barrenness in the church life. I tell you, the inner pom-pom-pom, you know the pom-pom-pom, the inner supply and energization and intensification was my portion all these years. It's not a talk. It's not a message. It's real. It's real. Grace flows like a river. Why we don't experience the sevenfold intensified spirit? Because we didn't pay the price. The spirit is not there just for you to enjoy and for your own benefit. No, the spirit comes. The seven spirits is sent forth to the earth to accomplish God's economy. So he dispenses himself into those who are ready to cooperate with the Lord. So that's number two. The supply, right? The the price paying and the supply is the same same thing. Number three. I would like to say to be vital is an extremely personal matter personal, not even with your spouse. you starts with one person personal matter so so be vital personally that means you need personal engagement with the Lord. You need personal time with the Lord. You need to abide with him and fellowship with him personally. And this is whether it's in the morning or during the day or whatever, we personally need to what? Keep ourselves in the, we need to be vitalized. Number one, we need to be What? Uh, 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 keep ourselves in a state of vitality. Personal. It starts there. It will spread. It will touch others. It will affect and influence others for sure. Oh, by the way, you know, you read Revelation about this Son of Man. He said, and he is the living one and was dead, but now alive. I tell you, Christ in Revelation is the living one. So to be vital is not a small thing. To be vital today is to be Christ, to live Christ. And not only to be living, Christ in the book of Revelation is exceedingly active. I would like to say passivity is a curse, is a Christian curse. Don't be passive, brothers. In a sense, you don't need to wait to be vitalized, fully vitalized. No, you just act. You just do things. You just labor. I tell you, it is a cycle. That initiative you take will cause you to be more vital. And when you're more vital, you will do more things, and you got into that vicious living cycle of vitality. So that would be my next point. My next point is, Don't wait. Don't be passive. Take action. Even you feel I'm not fully vitalized, take action and serve and do things. And this training, we're going to talk about a particular direction of things we can do and serve and act in. Don't wait. In conclusion, I have to end now. A state of vitality or to be vitalized and to live in a state of vitality, not just for weeks, not just for months, not just for years, but for decades. Until we die, until we meet the Lord, we will live as a vital believer or brother or sister. We need always two things in in our attitude, okay? This is an attitudinal matter. Number one, desperation, desperation. And number two, absoluteness. I think these two words go without saying. If you have all the above. Desperate, desperate every day to be vital, absolute every day to be living and active. Not one day will go by. It could be a bad day, it could be a great cloudy day, could be things happen. I will be that vital person in the recovery, to take care of the church, to take care of people, to contact people to be active in the church life, to function, to speak, to pray, to praise, to do so many things. This is the need of the Lord's recovery today, brothers and sisters. So I think for now, this is good enough. And beginning two weeks from now, we will get into some practical handles. But we have because we have two sessions. I will use always the first session, the shorter one, to still be on this line to help us all, right? To help us all. There are other things I still need to talk about, and that is the maintenance of this vitality is by prayer, much prayer, and by what? By um. Uh, Um, confession, and by what? By blending. all right? So these things, I'm going to spread them out. But we will also have a second line that will begin to give us a way to carry out as working saints in your local church to build up the local churches in a new way, wherever we are. Okay, I stop here. Ray, back to you.